The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Alley Colbert Show. Hi, guys. Welcome to The Allie Colbert Show. I can't believe you've come back. We are joined today by Casey Balsham and we're going to talk about everything she has going on. She's an awesome comedian, host of Shady Shit podcast, which I was a guest on recently. Um, Her iTunes album, Son of a Barb. You can listen to it on Spotify. It was number one on the iTunes chart. Yeah. Amazing. Number one. Hi, Casey. Hi, Allie. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Of course. We were just talking about, before we started recording, Courtney and Travis. They got engaged last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was thinking before I started, I was like, are you a Kardashian fan? There's no way. But I, I'm like just a hear. pop culture fan. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, I yeah, like totally. just keeping up with everything. But it was funny because I was looking at, I think I was looking at not skinny, but not fats. Cause you know, she's been keep, she's also on Doom Media, but she posts a lot about Courtney and Travis. So I feel like that's where I get all my news about them. And I was like, oh, they finally did it. And my husband was like, who? I'm like, well, Courtney and Travis got engaged. She's like, they're not your friends. Like, he, <laughs> he was like, like I was talking about it. Like I had like, it was just, he was just like, why do you, he's like, stop talking about them. Like you're you like, were, honey, like, did you we get to save the date? I'm like, what do we need to get them? But I'm excited for them. I think they deserve it. You think they deserve it? Yeah, they just... Is it happiness? It's whatever weird... It's weirdness and happiness, you know? Uh Like, Uh clearly they both had some like weird stuff. And when you can find someone that'll be like the type of weird that you need them to be, or like that you are as well, like put a ring on it, you know? I, you think that, huh? I don't yeah. totally think that. <laughs> I, uh, I have a hard time imagining that they are the same kind of weird. Really? You think that she's faking it? I, I think that he's faking it because, I, I mean, here's what I, I mean, she is such an, an interesting in the fact that she's not at all really interesting character. Like, she, I know everyone makes the jokes about how she's so like, you know, monotone and like the way she speaks. Mm-hmm. But she's not someone who I think, wow, you know, this girl's got like a dynamic kind of life and person. Like, I think she's kind of along for this ride, which like, fine, that sounds fun. That's probably what I would do if my sisters became like incredibly famous and I was a part of it. I would just want to spend my money and enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. But then I see him as this like, he's so like, he, I, he strikes me as like this like, dark kind of and look I know that's from the tattoos but he's like a drummer in this band and he I feel like he has this like harsh life where Courtney doesn't like she doesn't drink she doesn't like smoke she's at home with her babies 
I'm like, I'm kind of confused what they do together. But also like, he's got some of his softy stuff. Like he's a vegan. Like he's like, no, I won't even kill an animal, you know? And like, they're always at Disneyland together. Like I you know. can't be that hardcore if you're like, put on the ears, babe. <laughs> do you know what you're I mean? Right. Like, I think they both have no, their, right. their softy stuff that they do together. And, and then apparently they just like make out. Yeah, it That's seems to, to be so often that men that are completely covered in ink are actually like teddy bears. All the time. I, I wonder I, what like so- psychological thing that is that they feel that like, because obviously like soft guys too are pretty good at expressing themselves, but like why do they also like, it's just a whole form of expression or I don't know, maybe because they don't speak loudly. They're like, but look at me, you know, I don't know, I know. something like that. Maybe he gets one every time he goes on It's a Small World. <laughs> He's been on a bunch then. <laughs> I mean, she's like, yeah, I know we've, I've talked about this on my podcast, but yeah, like Courtney is like a Disney adult, which yes. is also another weird kind of like psychological thing, especially with like Disney, you know, Disney is the ideal vacation for people with not a lot of money. Right. And here Courtney Kardashian is in a family of billionaires choosing Disney, which to me is a symptom of some sort of stunting. And it doesn't even look like she's, they're like cutting the lines. Like every time you see them, they're like in a pack <laughs> of people like eating an ice cream cone. You're like, why are you so, why are you trying to pretend like you're normal? Like, yeah. like just be as fucking rich and famous as you are. Buy a ride for a day. Rent out the place. Damn it. Like you're one of us. You're not, you know. I know. You don't have diabetes eating a chicken leg. Like leave Epcot for us. Like we can't go around the world, okay? Yeah. I think though, you know, but maybe that's what it is. That it's like, it's that. It's like, I'm so wanting to be normal. I want this. There's something about this that like brings me back to childhood and feeling like I... I'm one of you guys. I'm a mortal too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly also are big Disney heads. And it's like, you guys, both of those couples give off so much sexual energy that it's like they shouldn't even be allowed in children's parks, you know? Like, (laughs) I've never been so sure of anything in my life besides the fact that like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox will fuck each other to death. They will. (laughs) They they totally will. They they absolutely are going to die from sex. For sure. They have weird, they definitely have like vials of blood on each other's necks vibes. It's that Angelina Jolie, Billy Bob, Angelina Jolie, her brother energy. It's all of that. It's like we might be related, but we're coming. There's a lot (laughs) of fluids being exchanged. Everybody's wet everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. And I don't I mean, it's just interesting how people and I think. I mean, maybe this is more true for women. I'm not sure. But how people feel like they like assimilate to kind of whatever their partner's doing. Like I see we see this with Kourtney Kardashian. We've always seen this with her where like when she's with Scott Disick or when she was with Eunice and now she kind of has this like goth look and she's hanging out with like Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, Kourtney Kardashian, she's hanging out on like Venice Beach with Travis Barker. This girl was not going near the ocean before Travis Barker. So, you know, maybe this is a good... Uh, and the only reason I say that is because she keeps being spotted on this this beach by where I live. And, you know, previously, I feel like she was kind of locked away. But, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, you're like, I'm I'm so over them. No, I just think... I, I was actually going to say I'm fascinated by them and I'm fascinated by this, like, they're, all the, pub, the public displays of 
kind of creepy sexiness and stuff like that. But I was going to say with the, yeah, they're, they're hanging out with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, but there were a couple like videos of them. Remember when the girls took pictures like in the bathroom at like of the course, VMAs? Of course, the VMAs. Thing? Yeah. There was like that weird moment where like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox like both did like the, like the tongue touch and yeah. Courtney and Travis did it at the same time. And Courtney did laugh like a little shyly like, okay, this is a lot. Like it's right. a lot when you're like next to your best friends and everybody's doing that weird like tongue thing. And in that moment, I was like, oh, maybe she is like, a little bit not as like she could be a little bit like all right you right. know like i think she's into it to an extent and i think sometimes she has to be like all right let's just sit on the couch in 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 regular colored sweats you know do you i know i know do you remember when she wore that sweatshirt that said like choke me slap me come on me like the pig that i am mhm that's all i wanted to say i just saw I, that on the internet and i was like should i and then i was like why we should get those sweatshirts <laughs> And go to Disneyland in them. And go. Speaking of marriage, yeah, you just got married. I did. Well, actually, we got married over the pandemic. So we got married yes. last summer in okay. a car. We rented a convertible, and a lady married us in a car. No, and then, is that yeah, true? Yeah. Oh, it's a whole. How did service. you choose that? It was called I Do Drive Through. I just like Googled it. And it literally was like, they'll come to your car. And I was like, that sounds fun. And then Robbie was like, we should rent a convertible. And then that was in my head. And I was like, this is what we're doing. We wore like 80s clothes and she married. So she legally married us. And then we had our wedding almost a year later to the date, which again, I've said this before, I would suggest to anyone. Why? What was so great about that? Just getting married and being married and then having the wedding. It just, it like, I don't know. It's just, it's less stress. It's less pressure. You're like, I know what I'm getting into. And now I just get my party, you know, like, right. Get married with just yourselves and then have a big party afterwards, but like test it out first, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And you and no, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you're already kind of in it. You're like, I'm not, you're not anticipating the whole life of like being married. You're like, I've done this for a year. I know what it's going to look like. Let's just celebrate ourselves for a minute. Let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just go in the woods with all our friends. How long were you and Robbie? dating before you got married? Oh, a long time. Yeah, it was time. Probably, I think like six and a half years, almost seven years. So yeah, I was getting pissed, you know? I was like, okay, it's time. Were you? (laughs) Oh yeah, we had a lot of, there was a lot of definite like arguments of me being like, I have a lot of resentment and I didn't know that I did because I was like, this is a long time, buddy. Like, and we're, the thing is it's also like, we're not in our twenties, like we're in our upper thirties. So it's like, you know what my end game is. It's you know, I want kids and all that stuff. And if you're not into that, like we got to figure this out because my fucking clock is tick, tick. The eggs are dropping every month, whether I want them to or not, you know? Yeah. yeah. So there was definitely some resentment. And he was always like, I don't want to, he's like, I don't want to not be with you. I just need to wrap my head around marriage. Cause Robbie's very fascinating. He like doesn't believe he like thinks that monogamy is very crazy. Like, cause we're yeah. just animals and all that stuff. But then he also is like, would never cheat. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. he's a person that's like, I think that, that I feel the same way. It's also disgusting, but I also feel like we're not meant to be with one person. So it's a very interesting place to, to believe in both things, you know? So how do you figure that out? Well, well, he's okay. miserable and I got what I wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we we signed papers. I'm going to get on his health insurance and, you know, hope for the hope for the best. For him. Uh, no, I mean, I think we're both again, like we're both grown up enough to know who we are and who we want. And if things felt like they weren't what we thought they were going to be, I think we'd both be like, let's try to we either are going to like talk through this or not. But like, I don't it, it, there's a level of trust in knowing that like 
I just have never trusted every relationship I've had. I've been like, I would trust you to save my life. You know, like I fully, I had a boyfriend that would like look around me to check out women. And I'd be like, this is cool. This makes me feel great. So like Robbie's not in a playful way. No, like like fully, like fully, like almost like pushed me out of the way. And I was like, get out of here, Casey. It was so bad. And then would, and then was such a gaslighter that I'd be like, what are you doing? And they'd be like, oh, you think I want to get with everybody? I'm like, you physically like moved my body to check out a girl walking past us. How long were you with him? (laughs) Oh, probably like not even a year, but we like lived together and it was like really crazy. And it just, this was like the most volatile relationship I've ever been in. And and I feel actually, like looking back, I feel very sad for myself during that time because I must have, because mm. you know, they, they say you attract what you think you deserve. Yeah. And I just must have hated myself because this was like, it was such a terrible relationship that I'm like, God, I thought I was, you know, like I, I, I just must have hated myself during that. I just must have had such low opinions of myself at that time that I was a that I attracted this guy who was just fucking just a dirtbag. Right. And yeah, we were I, not good together. I think about that a lot because it's like, I've been in relationships that I look back on and I'm like, whoa, that wasn't good. But I, I still no. have a hard time saying I hate myself. Maybe I like was shut down to having something that was more healthy. Something's like, happening. Yeah. I think about, you know what I've been thinking about a lot is Chelsea Handler with Joe, Joe Coy. Coy. Yeah. And she keeps talking about how She's never had a relationship like this. I know. And then her last special, I'm blanking on the name of it, but I she forget. kind of she kind of talks about how she went through this whole evolution of letting go of her anger and like giving people more of a chance. And it's like it's and then again I, I listened to her podcast episode with Joe Coy, but it's so not a coincidence that when she started working on herself, she now has this like love in her life that feels good. And right. You know, even in her stand-up reflected for so long, like, how angry she was and, like, her opinions on, like, sex and, like, she's a big drinker. And, like, yeah. of, of course, when you start to work on yourself and you, like, lead with love, you, like, are more open to meeting people that are nice. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I think, yeah, women are, like, I mean, even me and I'm gay, when I meet, <laughs> literally, not, like, the insult, but, like, when I... When I meet dudes that are super nice, I have to like undo my brain that's like, oh, it's gross. I know. Like, that's I know. fucked up. We're so messed up. We're, we're, I, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happens. And I don't know how we get so beaten down so early. Like, how, like, my so 20, early. it's like when you're 20, I was like in my 20s, like I was peaking. I was right. like, no, was, it's not true. Peaking's a myth. But I look at pictures of myself when I was 26 and I was like, I was peaking. <laughs> but I like, I just, I was like living in Hawaii. I just felt great. I was living just, in Hawaii. I was living in Hawaii. So what I'm were saying, you doing in Hawaii? Fucking nothing. Drugs, partying, having fun, working That's at restaurants, fun. singing with pianos, <laughs> at a group home. I like did everything. I did so many working things. At a group but home. I, I was, I did. I literally was everywhere. I was nannying. Like I was in charge of a lot of shit. But, oh. uh, and you'd think like that I was, because it was my time to be selfish. I moved to Hawaii because I was living in LA and I was just feeling very- Which island? I was on Maui. Okay, wow. Yeah. I, I was just in Maui. I've been talking about it nonstop on the podcast. Oh, what side were you on? Were you on the west side or on the north shore? Oh, I, I think like I was in Kihei the or Lahaina? No, I was in Paia. You were in Paia town. Oh, cute. cute Is cute, that cute, north cute. shore? That's over more on the north side. Yeah. There were, okay. Yeah, it's kind of leading up towards 
well, not it's not exactly like upcountry, but yeah, it's on it's on the north. Pai is so cute, good restaurants. Cute. That's like the only place to really shop that's not like Old Navy. Oh, <laughs> like little things. Or there's so a wet. There real- might still be a wet seal in Lahaina, which was oh, I remember very wet fun seal. to shop at as like a 28 year old. I was like, this is what am I doing? That's all you have on an island. That's all you have. Um, Wait, so was douche boyfriend in Hawaii? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like I was living my best life. I had moved to Hawaii to be selfish for a bit because I was in LA. And I just wasn't like taking, I just wasn't, I had no self-confidence. Like I couldn't even eat a sandwich by myself. I'd be like, does anybody else hungry? Like I was just so like, I couldn't say no to things. I would just, you know, in LA too, it's like, it's just hard to keep up with everything. And I always just felt bad. And so I was like, I need to go get selfish. And it's like, I literally stripped myself. Like you spend time just being half naked somewhere. You're like, oh, nothing matters. You bring a suitcase of shit. You're like, oh, I don't need any of my things I thought I needed. So I was like literally living my best life. I was making money at a restaurant. I was at the beach every day. I was like all the, and I was still clearly something mentally in me was still a bit like I I wasn't, it was still a bit broken that I allowed this kind of energy in this person. And I fed into it. I mean, I was also terrible in this relationship. Like I was fucking horrible. Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we were Takes two to tango. It was just, it was like, it was 100%. And it was one of those relationships where like your friends kind of wait till you're out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like I barely, I, I didn't have, I stopped, I stopped asking him if I could go to these events that my friends were doing, like when people moved off the Island and and things like that. Like I just stopped asking because I knew it was going to be a fight. It it was like at that point, it was terrible. Like I didn't do anything. I was in a relationship, same thing, early twenties. I didn't go to social events because I knew it would just be harder to go to the social events. Yeah. My partner was so jealous. Right. That if I was there, I, I just knew a fight would happen. It was like, yeah. it was so easier to shut down. By the way, that's so obvious to me. That's a sign of like an I unhealthy, know. abusive relationship. And I'm not an idiot. And no, I was just like, I'm this is smart. easier. Yeah, we're geniuses. And like I, IQs off the charts. I don't even know what a high IQ is. But if I did, I would tell you that I was that. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, it was a similar thing for me where I was like, I just want to be, I didn't want to be alone. I, maybe that's just something. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe I was, you know, I don't know, like, yeah, driven by something. Like, driven by, literally, I think we had two good weeks. And I kept, right. like, just thinking about that. God, um, wasn't that week in July so fun? Like, literally, it was, like, the first two weeks, he was, like, the sweetest person. And then it just went went shit. But it was, like, yeah, either just don't go out because you know it's going to be a fight. Or if they come with you, you know that you're just going to have to like babysit. Like you're not actually allowed to have fun if right, they come with right. you because they'll sit in the corner and be like, you have to sit with me. That is the, what do you, okay. I have a question the about, fucking worst. about this. What do you think is the appropriate party etiquette for couples? Because I often think about this and sometimes I will get like, this is just a me thing. Like I'll go to a party and if I, I don't want to have to worry about my partner, but I also can become really social and like not see my partner for the whole party. Like 100%. What do you, tell me what you, what is your, you think that's cool? Like, what is your protocol? See, that's hard for me because I'm also very socially independent. So it's like, you don't have to worry about me. I will find someone to talk to. I'm also okay just sitting by myself watching people. Like yeah. if I have a glass of wine, I'll sit down, I'll watch it. Like I went to a, I went to a fundraiser the other day and none of my friends could come with me and Robbie couldn't come with me. So I really, I just sat there and I just <laughs> like looked around and I was fine with it. Like I didn't, right. like, you know what I mean? Like I had a glass of wine, I sat there and whatever. I probably couldn't have done that younger, I probably would have felt a little more self-conscious. But now it's like, I do so many things on my own. But I do think it can be a problem because then I will say at our actual wedding, 
I'm so used to like being the social butterfly that's like I had to remind myself to like be like, go check, like, wait, I need to go find Robbie because I was just, it was like everybody I loved. And so I was just so used to, I'm so used to floating around parties, like being independent that like yes. I had to be, oh, this is a party for us. And I, you know, that's one. I that's would be like, I'm doing my regret. own thing at our wedding. <laughs> I know. That's like my only regret is that like, I literally looked at Robbie before the wedding. I was like, we have to make sure we stick together. And then he's like, I could not keep up with you. And I was like, oh, because I had so much fun at the wedding, but I feel like my one regret is that I was so, I had such ADD. Like I had such, I was so. How do you not? It's like everybody it, you love celebrating you. I would be like, I, I want to talk to my girlfriends. I want to talk to, I want to yes. flirt with him. Like everything, it was like, I, I I said, I woke up, I felt like I had talked to everybody and I talked to nobody. I was like, what the fuck happened last night? Like right. I even saw some pictures. I was like, don't know about that. And I didn't get really drunk till like way later on. And then I did. But like the actual like reception part, I feel like I should have remembered more. But I was like, man, because, you know, people are pulling you and, and, and they want this. And they're like, come to the bar and do this. And, and I only allowed shots of Pinot Grigio at the wedding because I was like, I don't want to black out. So, but good call. Still, if, if you take, you know, six or seven shots of Pinot Grigio in a half hour, it's right. going to fucking work. It's going to work. <laughs> There's, right, right, right. <laughs> but that's a good buffer yeah. to like. Oh, bring, yeah. But I always think about that too. Like people get drunk at their wedding and I'm always like, I, I would, I want to remember my wedding, but I also, you don't want to be sober for like the whole fucking time. Just have fun. Just let it go. Like truly, yeah. like whatever rules you think you have, you're not, first off, we're human. So the minute we put a barrier and a bumper on ourselves to be like, I'm only going to have two drinks tonight. Your body's going to be like, yeah, right. Like you're going to try to fight against yourself, do you know? And then it's just your right. wedding. Just have fun. Like, and also anyone that says like, don't do it, save the money, spend the money. Have a fucking wedding. They're so much fun. Oh my God. They're so much fun. So I want to know how Robbie proposed. Or was that not a thing so much as you just Googling and you're like, let's get in this. No, he finally, he did propose, which is so funny because he had actually, because we travel quite a bit. He grew up traveling and I didn't. So he's really kind of brought that into my life, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But he had always said to me, he's like, I would never propose on a trip just because there's always expectations. So I'd never had that in my head. But we yeah. were going to, we went to Israel to visit his family for a bit. And then on the way home, we were stopping in Paris for like a long I, But he's week. Israeli? His mom is. Yeah, yeah. So he, his, well, he was born in, his dad's South African and his mom's Israeli. So yeah. Okay, he's, exotic. He's a fucking mix. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but his sister and his his brother at the time lived in Israel. So we had stopped to go. I think, I'm wondering if there was, I think it was maybe like a holiday or a birthday or something like that. Something was happening. And then we went to okay. Paris. And I guess he had told my dad he was going to propose in Israel. So like Israel comes and goes. And then Paris, this is like the last day we're in Paris. My dad's like, what the fuck did she do? What happened? Like, why is this ha- hasn't happened yet? And I guess he was, he was going to propose when we what were walking. What did she do? Oh, what Dad's did she blaming do? you. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's known me for a really long time. Uh, <laughs> but like we were walking along the back streets in Manmar, which was like, like all these cobblestones. And actually yeah. there was a place called like the wall of love. I didn't know, but it was like misty out. I had bought like this trench coat at like a thrift store. And it was like this really romantic place. But apparently I was on my phone, very upset about the fact that the next time I was like literally planning a trip for the next time we were there that I wanted to go see this one show. So he didn't propose there. So the next day he, we were walking around and we pulled off to like the side in this little garden and he proposed and we were like, Oh my God. And then we looked around and it was a Holocaust Memorial garden. (laughs) Oh my God. He didn't know. 
You guys just stumbled upon it. We just stumbled upon a garden. We were sitting on the side of the river and I was wearing a fucking beret. Like it was like, it was. Oh my God. Yeah. And then literally like two hours later, I got food poisoning. So it was like really. Really? Oh God. Yeah. How many more days were you there at that point? That was the last day, but we get to the airport. The airline we had booked home just doesn't exist anymore. They just didn't tell anyone. So we booked a flight home and it had five days prior, it had dissolved. So we didn't have a flight home. I know. It was like one of those- I've never heard of that. I know. We're like, where? And the guy's like, oh, that's not an airline anymore. And we're- What was the airline? I don't even, I don't even remember. Le poupla. Yeah, la fucking, la, la, you're screwed. Yeah, okay. so we get there. No airline. Just no airline. Not even no flight. No airline. That's unbelievable. I know. Yeah. And then all the Air France flights were like $1,200. So we ended up having to go back into the city and get a hotel for a night. But I'm like up all night just like shitting. And I'm like, thank God I already got the ring. You know, this, might have, like, this might have like turned him off to be like, I was like, you still want right, to do right. it? And I'm just <laughs> up in like a tiny hotel room just shitting where everyone could hear. The tiniest the tiniest. Room. Yeah. The tiniest toilet. The tiniest toilet. Yeah, the toilet is, is muy pequeña. That's not, <laughs> that's not French. It's muy you, petite. Muy petite. Uh, yeah. And so, and then we got to go home the next day. But like, also thank God, because had I been like, had that type of like stomach stuff on a plane, that probably would have been miserable as well. That that would have been awful. But that's still a fun story. It's, you know what? I'm always, the, like, you strike me as like, pretty unconventional but then I I think about your Catholic upbringing that I learned about oh and yeah I think about and then you say some of this stuff about like marriage and children and I'm like you kind of are like a combination like you definitely oh, yeah. have a lot of conventional like stuff in your constitution that you're just like god damn it there's why some, is this something in me <laughs> oh yeah there's a lot of regular stuff there's a lot of stuff like which I even learned during the wedding like there's so much traditional stuff with like that kind of stuff that I was like oh fucking unnecessary not not as like right so much of that stuff that people feel they need to do it's like make it personal don't make it traditional but there is some stuff like just in general like the way that I like my house like I, I like by home to look and yeah, like wanting the kids and doing all like there's, there's a lot of regular basic fall loving, you know, pumpkin spice, Steve totally. Mann boot shit inside of my heart that I try to fight, <laughs> that I fight against, but it comes Steve out. Steve Madden by Steve Madden. Madden okay. boot loving shit. Yeah, that's real basic stuff. I mean, I still, I, I grew up with a lot of Steve Madden hopes and desires. We all did. But we're talking, you just mentioned kids, which is yes, a good transition into, yeah. yeah, good job, good transition <laughs> into the, is, would you call it a special or is it a one woman show? So it's a little bit of both. Like I'm filming it and I don't know exactly what, what I'm going to do with it, but I have a couple, it was, a, it was enough where like I had this idea that as I had been, so yeah, we'd wanted kids. So we actually started trying to have kids before we got engaged. So about four years ago, which- Okay, I was going to say, I remember you saying to me in yeah. New York Comedy Club years yeah. ago, I was must have been in a group and you were like- I had jokes and have, about it four years we're ago. We're going to try yeah. and have kids and I'm going to do some jokes about it. Yeah. Um, I, it, so it's literally been four years. <laughs> so like, which is too long to be trying, you know, which right. at that point, you know, you learn very quickly after a year that you're like, oh, it's not happening. So we need to- do stuff. And again, like I'm 39 now. We started when I was 36-ish. So we were already kind of behind the curve. So yeah. So it was kind of like one of those things I realized I'd been telling these jokes for so long that I was like, fuck. Like it was almost like I kind of clued in. I was like, holy shit. Like I'm, this is a thing I'm going through and it's very crazy. Like I, you don't even realize it when you talk, like when you kind of 
presented outside of yourself. And then I was like, yeah. oh gosh, like this really does suck. And now we had to move on to IVF. And then that's just like so invasive. And you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a fucking lot. And then I kind of started thinking about, and then I, I really did start to like lean into talking about it. And every time I did, I feel like people responded or people would come up to me afterwards. And then I kind of had this idea to do this show yeah. a while ago. And then I was going to try to do it last summer, but I was like actually going through, I, I was like in the middle of an IVF cycle. I was planning my wedding and I was like, why would I also do this? So I, I, I pushed it till now, which I'm also like in the middle of an IVF cycle, but you know, it just, it, the timing for that will never work out. But I just decided that everything you look up on the internet is so sad and it's always, it's just, it makes you feel like you're not doing enough. And it just basically, I didn't find a lot of hope looking at the internet. Right. And even following like these fertility Instagrams, it's just fucking sad. Yeah. Like people have got to want to not saying like, let's laugh about it. Ha ha. You know, but let me, I just want to talk about it in a different way that maybe people feel like they can't like, we're not supposed to not be happy for our friends when they get pregnant, but like, I'm fucking not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like every time somebody in my life gets pregnant, I'm like, it, it's these feelings that you're not supposed to have, but you do. And so I just wanted to give a voice to them and kind of explain the process and what it feels like to go through it. And it's been very cool to do and very cool to have women come up to me after shows and be like, I had a baby at 40. I had a baby at 42. I've had miscarriages. Thank you for talking about this. And yeah, because it's funny, but there's going to be some parts that are one woman show-esque where like there's a little storytelling, but. Yeah, I've never heard of like a one woman show about that. And I think it's so important. I mean, yeah, look for queer couples, my partner, Julian, she's 35. She wants to start having babies tomorrow. IVF mm-hmm. is most certainly in our future. So freeze the that, eggs now. Freeze the eggs now. Yeah, we are. We are. Oh, and good. A, and it's something that like, you know, they don't teach you about this. So this is just something you learn in your own research. And it's just filled with just like questions and heartbreak and curiosity and confusion. And it's complicated. Oh. And I mean, I was just learning about IUI. Yep, we did four rounds of IUI as well. Which basically, can you, yeah, can you? It's basically they you they take the sperm. You have to bring sperm with you to the doctors, which yeah. is you know, we, and we did this in the middle of pandemic, so it was fucking wild. Like I was literally on. There's nobody on the train. There's nobody in the streets. It was like I was like I can't, I'm bringing a child into the fucking apocalypse. It was crazy. Oh my, I mean, that's a whole other thing. It was a whole other thing. But like most fertility clinics stopped like procedures and my doctor just didn't, which I was very thankful for. So you wow. bring, you they bring were like, like no kids right now. <laughs> they were just, it was just, yeah, they were like, we're not bringing anyone else here. But yeah. so you basically, they spin the come around and they pull out kind of the strongest ones. And then they basically, you take some drugs to kind of make your, like kind of get your eggs a little bit more receptive. And, and then they shoot the sperm past the cervix. So it doesn't really have to do any work. They kind of just deliver it right near like the, the, the goods. Ground and zero. They, yeah. They just kind of have to go into the egg and we have swimmer issues. So this is, you know, something we were willing to try and they still didn't want to do it. They got up there and they're like, I oh, don't know. Thanks. You know? So yeah, we, so, but that's what that is. They just basically bypass the cervix. So they just kind of do half the work and give you, give you up your chances that hopefully. Right. They, it's like Red Bull for your sperm. Get them really ready to play the game. Get them on in there. Yeah. So we did that four times until it was just, okay, it is really like IVF is what we do next. But but yeah, but the egg freezing and all that stuff is, 
it's just, it's a wild, it's a wild process, but it is nice to know that like so many people are going through it. That's so many people. So everybody I know. Everyone is going through it. Every fucking person. There's something in, I think it's plastic or it's hormones in the food. There's like something that is, or, or it's just fucking phones and cell phone pockets, just burning the balls, frying the sperm. Something's wrong. Yeah. But I, I have a question. But no, something's also not wrong because look, this is life. But yeah, it is yeah. it is interesting how yeah. so many people struggle with this. Tell me though, are you so do you need to necessarily freeze your eggs if you're trying to immediately become pregnant though? Like, what do you did mean? You like, freeze, like did you freeze no, your no, eggs? No, 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 no. I well, I go straight into I, I get the eggs out and then they for our IVF is we get the eggs out and then this we have Robbie gives a sample. And they put the sperm in the eggs, whatever we have right there that day. And then they watch yeah. it overnight and see which ones get fertilized. And then yeah. they watch it for another week. So we're waiting for like tomorrow or the next day. We'll see if any of ours stayed fertilized. Mm-hmm. And then once they're, fer- if they stayed fertilized over the five days, like grew right, then they genetically test them. And then they would freeze them until you transfer because you have to go on a whole other round of transfer right. drugs. But a lot of people, it was before that you would just, they would trans, they would do the egg retrieval, impregnate and do it right away. But right. with age and all these things, like it's better to get genetically tested. Cause like the last time we had 11 eggs, seven got pregnant, but only one made it to like the, the one actually grew, one stayed pregnant. And then it, it was like genetically perfect, but still like had we implanted any of the other ones, it would have just miscarried. So, so is that, did you implant that egg? We did last June and it was a boy and he didn't stick, but, but this time around we got, but those are kind of the odds. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like they say that sometimes it takes, some people it takes just one time that this is not, Oof. but a lot of times it takes more than once. So this time around, we only got seven eggs yeah. four four fertilized. And now we're yeah. just waiting to hear in the next like day or two, if any of them stayed. So it's oh a my God. process. I know it just makes you crazy. And you're just like, oh. My fingers and toes are crossed for you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get at least, if we get two embryos this time, I will be like more than excited. Yeah. Two chances. What is there a resource that you tell people to look at for freezing their eggs and for things like that? Because you've been in this space now for a minute. Oh, I I would just say, look it up. Just if you, if you are in your younger twenties or you have like, some kind of means to do something and you think you want a family, I would just, yes, say, look into freezing them when you're younger just to have them. So you don't have to kind of, you're not up against a clock, but I I, I think it's very overwhelming. So I, I literally just went with the recommendation for a clinic from, from my gyno, from my IUI doctor that I trusted. Yeah. So I would say if you have a gyno that you trust, like chances are they probably know some fertility clinics and and I would suggest that just because it's, if you look online, there's so many places, they're so overwhelming. And even my doctor was like, a lot of them are really predatory because they know women are sad and they know they're willing to do anything. That's why I actually fucking love my doctor because- That's after so the, upsetting. It's so upsetting. But that after the first round, I know. And this is this came to me from my IUI doctor. He was like, and that's why I was like, I'm going to go with who you say because- and I'm so glad I did because I went with a smaller clinic and they've actually like helped with pricing. Like for our second round, they cut prices in half, which is unheard of. They've saved me drugs. So they saved me thousands of dollars worth of medicine. So like go, with, go ask a trusted doctor who they think 
Yeah. Go there. And if you don't, if you go somewhere and you don't fucking like a doctor, don't go back. Don't feel like you have to go somewhere because they make yeah. you feel like you need right. to. You have you to like your doctor. If you go on a first date with someone and you hate them, don't go and get into no. a relationship with them. These people are going to stick a wand in you every day for a fucking, for 10 days while you're freezing your eggs. Make sure that you like them. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, my girlfriend and I, we like have been looking at um, sperm donors and- yeah. There's, you know, you have a, a man that you like that has sperm that you would want. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm now like, how do we choose someone based on like a photo? And like, there's like an essay and like, you know, <laughs> I'm not having like kids tomorrow. I'm, you know, it's not right now that I'm like needing this, but like we have to like think ahead. Like, it's, yeah, absolutely. Holy smokes. Anyway, it's like so apt for comedy. So I can't wait it to see very much your, your special Inconceivable, which you're taping next week. I am. Um, when does this come legs. out? This is going to come out Tuesday. Next Tuesday? Next Tuesday. On the 26th? On the t- 26th. Yeah. So that will be the day that I'm taping. So if you're listening to this, the 930 will probably still have a couple extra seats. If you listen to this and you were like, fuck, I got to go see that show. Just come on by New York. It's at the Triad Theater. 930. Triad Theater. Yes. Wait, Triad Theater. Is that the one on 72nd? Mm-hmm. No, oh, it's on uptown. 72nd. 72nd. It's very cute. I feel like there was another Triad Theater. Thank you for being so open. For sharing all of this, uh, all of your stories and things like that. I think my listeners will really appreciate it. It's important um, for the ladies, you know. It's important for the ladies. And the um, men's. You're right. It's important for people to know. It's important um, for, for all the peoples. <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing. And Casey, like I said, hosts Shady Shit, which is also on Dear Media. Mm-hmm. And where are you on social media? At just your name? At Case Face B. C-A-S-E-F-A-C-E-B. Case Face B. That's right. Case Face B. And then it's just Casey Balsham on Twitter. So, but follow me on Instagram because, you know, I want to start making money on ads. So follow me there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. Follow (laughs) her there. Bye, guys. Bye.